0: hello everyone this is wanda host of salty coffee podcast hopefully everyone's doing well today um i just want to say it is november 1st 2022 and i'm talking to you all the way from new york eastern time uh, 4 51 p.m and i just want to give uh. Folks, listeners, parents, students, administrators, staff members of of all time, health industry, educational industry, real realty, uh, business management, wherever you are, whatever you do, please keep this in mind. Usually around this time for higher education. specifically in private schools um, and also state and university schools, higher education. Um, Students go through a lot of pressure. I mean, this is post COVID and I have to say, there's a lot of things that the flow of how the regular public education And private schools, that flow, excuse me, that flow of how things were managed and uh, the curriculums worked, and teachers um, note taking, giving out their syllabus, and how um, all of that has changed post COVID. Um, Some of it, Uh, is more virtual, but in traditional universities where you have to be in class because professors are, are, they have earned their master's and PhD and doctorate where they are engaging in giving their skills of what they've learned thus far. And in most cases, they're there to sell their book or give you, the student, the knowledge of this is how it, I study and research of how it worked before. This is how it's evolved. And this is where you come in to learn a better way of doing things or a different way of doing things and with with that said as parents and and I'm talking to parents right now cuz I will talk to everyone individually about a reminder a reminder that um <clears throat> when you work in an environment where you're not responsible for someone else's student um as parents you're also In some ways, once you, again, like I've always said, sign your child into an institution of higher education, even though you're paying the bill, you're the one responsible for paying the bill because as a parent, that's how you feel obligated. That You're obligated to provide um, the tuition um, if this is something that your child wants or this is something that traditionally has been done in the family household or the family in general. Um, The reminder for parents is um, don't detach yourself too much to where you no longer know who your child is. And also understand that too much attention can also be detrimental to their well-being. Um, From my 32 years of experience in working in a higher education, I've I've seen many things. (laughs) Some of them awesome and great, and some of them very tragic. And um, to the point where as an employee, I tend to have... You know emotions that affect me because of course, I have children you know who also attended college, and you know um is things that you know and things that you see that sometimes you have to remember that you know even though you have a responsibility as an administrative uh position or professor or you know. A Dean or an advisor or counselor or psychiatrist um which I'm none of those I'm not a professor, I'm not a psychiatrist i'm not um I work on the administrative side, on the operational side, but I've seen it, and I work closely um also with students, whether that be through email form, phone calls, and in person. This is a reminder to parents to try to understand where students are finding difficulties in acclimating to a new environment. New York is not easy. New York is very fast. New York is um, extra high speed. And there are many different people that come to the universities in New York from all over the world. And if you have a, a, a student that's remarkably smart and has so much to offer to the world that you actually send them to school to learn more and and become um, the political science or the chemist, the doctor, the, the nurses, Whatever it is that you feel your child is capable of learning and doing, um, keep in mind um those sensitive days and those stressful days. Um uh, it's been a while since I've experienced um anything traumatic, but um it's it's stressful to to work in a place for 32 years it has not been easy because um just know that when you sign up your student for any academic school whether that be statewide public or private um you're pretty much just giving your rights away as a parent and you're no longer um, held responsible for what happens afterwards, right? And it's really, as parents, our obligation to make sure that we are connected to our students. And and the advocacy part comes in making sure that we communicate with them directly and, and ask them, okay, so... If you're having this issue, how would you want to address it? And we're here. I found out that this is the resources that you have available. Um, contact them, see, and let me know. But trying to do it in a way where you're actually, you know, first-handedly without having the conversation with the student to do it can be very um I don't know, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it can be very dangerous. Um, I know parents are saying, Well, salty coffee, well, <laughs> if I'm the parent, you know, I have every right to know what's going on and you do. You do have every right to know what's going on with your child. But again, as soon as you sign the dotted line, all you're really signing is that you're obligated to pay the bill university, college, state, whatever, does not have any obligation to give you any information moving forward. That's what you're really signing. You're signing that you have the responsibility to pay, you know, but you're not going to have the obligation to know any information. I mean, they made it a law, at least in New York. That's how it works here. They made it a loss. So, and as students, um, for for the sake of having your parents not worry about you, I think it's so important for you to um have the conversation with your parents. Hey, you know, I got this, don't worry. Hey, this is what's going on. What do you think about it? You know, let your parents um be able to um I guess, feel comfortable where they know that you got it. And some parents do. Some parents, like, too, they did everything. They did the application. They did, they've been researching the school. They've been on it. And they actually know more information than I didn't know. And as a student, I urge you and encourage you to sit down with your parents and let them know how that works. Let them know, hey, you know, if I don't get good grades within the first couple of weeks, I may be told to take a leave. And this is what that looks like. We may lose this amount of money. And I think that's important for the student to know that, too. We as parents, we worry a lot. You know, godparents, your whole family, we're excited that you um taking the next step, you know, into your adult life. So we do want the best for you. And sometimes some parents can be a little overwhelming, and I get it. Um, but that's because we love you. And some parents think differently on how, what that looks like. <laughs> some parents are more, you know, loving, um, connecting with you than others and there's this thing where first-year students are assigned to their dorm in a very different kind of way and you know immediately you know we get phone calls where well, my student wants to live in a single and my student this and the whole idea of you leaving and uh, a university mandating you to live on campus is because being part of that community is part of learning. It's part of getting to know people from other countries, getting to know the cultures one on one, getting to to experience the lifestyle of another student from another world, from an, not another world, but from another country. And I think that's important. I think you know if you were um, if you lived in the same community all your life, and there was only 300 of you and you all went to the same high school, you all know each other from childhood, and you all know, and now you're in a big city (laughs) where the number of residents in your dorm is the number of people in your county, or actually more, (laughs) that could be overwhelming. That could be very overwhelming. So if you're out there, and Timbuktu is what, I, what we call it from New York, where that is the case where you all grew up with the same people from, you know, grammar school to middle school to high school. And I know that still exists and, and that may not be the case anymore. Or you were home taught, you know, your education was from your parents directly. Um, know that when you're moving into a dorm, with 600 other residents because those are the numbers in new york in one building and that could be that whole community where you live in know that um you will bump into people from all over the world and they live differently they grew up differently Um, people from korea people from japan people from china people from all over in Africa, um, and I think it's important for us as parents to know that it, it shouldn't always be about the name of the school and and the culture and the traditions and stuff like that. It should really, um, again, this is just my experience in the 32 years working there. I think it's important for us to always be compassionate be understanding be diligent that you know even though they decided to come to this country to learn what the founding fathers created as the core curriculum for this private school that you understand that that's there's a lot of things that they don't understand from it and they're learning it. You know, they they may know the, the basic the math and the chemistry and the science part of it because they've they're far ahead of those American students are. But when it comes to social engagement and and living within the the student body where you know, you, you're passing and using the same bathrooms as your classmates. Um, I think it's important for students to be compassionate and to, to not be silent on something that they see that is different, but to ask questions and be curious in a very respectful way. Um, we all know that yesterday was uh, a celebration of being someone that you're not, um, and and Americans have this culture where they celebrate it to its fullest. They go out of their way to have best costume parties and contests, and it can go so many different ways, and sometimes it can be very dangerous because um, students don't know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. They're just doing it because it's just been something that they've seen and heard and it's been done for many years. And not everybody celebrates those holidays. Not everyone. That's one thing that students need to understand that Not everyone celebrates the American holidays like American students do. And that is a fact. Um, During the holidays, holidays, a lot of parents, students, administrators um, go through a depression stage because they're either missing a loved one or they're away from their loved ones. So be a little bit more compassionate about that as, you know, understand that not everyone celebrates, um, whether religious holidays or just regular holidays from, um, those that are celebrated in America. I had to learn that the hard way. (laughs) Um, I was taught very, (laughs) um, in a rough kind of way where, um, I would say it was like my third year working. That was, that would have been 1993. In 1993, a professor, you know, brought it up to my attention and said, hey, you know, can I talk to you for a minute? Hey, you know, this is something that, this is not what we do here. And I'm not telling you that you can't do it, but you need to be um, understanding that not everyone celebrates a particular holiday you know um so so in writing and in marketing and communications you know we have to say seasons greetings or you know welcome winter <laughs> things like that um something that's natural and general and yeah that may sound weird and may sound you know it, you can't say holiday party you have to say you know um annual event <laughs> It's just one time we get together. So it becomes a little bit um, more inclusive as opposed to exclusive, right? So, and I think that's fine. I think that's awesome. But for those who live in small towns and for those who really don't understand other cultures, I think... I'm not saying you should censor yourself. You can say whatever you want that comes out of your mouth. But understand that if someone doesn't take it um, with gratitude, it's because they just really are not into the capitalism world that we live in today. You know, some of these holidays that Americans celebrate are not really religious holidays and are not real. They were pretty much capitalist holidays to get money. (laughs) To make money, to to make sure that the economic system is running. But um, some of us take it very serious, and I am grateful for those who have the ability to stand their ground on how and why, and understanding why they celebrate a particular holiday um, within their household unit. Um, so the message again today is. V, if you're working wherever you're working, if you're having a bad day, call out sick and don't go to work. If you are driving and someone, you know, (laughs) makes you just want to scream in the car, um, know that somebody in front of you or behind you is also having a horrible bad day and may just want to pull over and cry. Um, when you ask people, how are you today? And, you know, be ready. Be ready because they may just pour out exactly how they feel. And you need to be ready some of us um are good at listening and not listening to respond but listening to understand and i think that's very important when it comes to people who we work with work for and work around because there's nothing worse than you know Sometimes I feel like the happiest people, the ones that are always running, hey, how you doing? Good morning, are really the ones that are suffering the most. And they just know how to hide it. And that's exactly how I've experienced by being a listener. I've experienced most of the people that I've encountered and met. I've experienced that they are really going through some shit. And I know that I'm not a professional to know the tools and and the the resources to help them, but sometimes just listening is all someone needs. and this is one of the reasons why I appreciate wisdom because sometimes you just have and need that outlet. Um, Wisdom to me right now is what cigarettes is for someone who smokes and needs that nicotine. It's just a place where I can recap and reflect what just happened. And in most cases, most of the incidents that occur happen (laughs) where I work, you know because I'm there most of the time. It's 40 hours a week. That's a long time. You're spending more time at work than you are really at home or socializing. But the reminder to parents, again, is pay attention, talk so that your student can listen, and listen so that they can talk. Um, If you're getting ready to start looking for colleges with your student, or if that's not a, that's not, or can't not be an option for your student, and they want to take a gap, a year gap, or they're just not sure, don't push it and don't stress it. But also... Let them know that you ha you will support them in everything you do, but they have to do something. They're just not gonna stay home and you know, live off you. Um, come up with ideas of what the alternative will look like. Whether that be, hey, the money you're gonna spend on loans or whatever, or the money you're gonna spend that you already save for them to go to college. See if they can open up their own business. Get a certification. Is not is that's easier or they can get a job at a university and get tuition for free. That helps a lot. That helps the family and that helps the student, you know, to be able to feel that they're contributing to the household if that's something that is not readily, readily available. But if you don't have the money to send your children to college, please don't put yourself in a situation where you have to get these loans that are mandated to be paid back, whether they succeed or not. That's That in itself is stressful to the student and, To the parent. And I've seen it happen where students get very stressed because they know that their parent is like fighting this thing. That in many cases, it's the parents that want it more so than the student. Have a conversation with your kids as soon as they're young. Like if you got a four year old, have that conversation. Of what that looks like what is what does their future look like what what would you what do you think you want to be when you grow up what do you think and 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 continue having it my youngest daughter <laughs> since she was um when she started kindergarten that was around september 11 and she's a bitch i think she's just like me because i knew at five years old that i wanted to be married at 20, and have children by 22. (laughs) That was all I wanted. I just wanted to be married. I wanted to be a wife and a mother. Because back then, that's all we were taught, right? Um, My youngest, she knew, and successfully, she's been there. She's, She's gotten there. And now she tells me what she wants to do, you know, moving forward and I know she's gonna be good and okay. And I don't know if I had it here to talk with the emptiness, but (laughs) I know I've been bragging about my kids leaving and it's like, oh I can't wait till they leave. I can't wait till they but man, when it hits you (laughs) it hits you. It hits hard. And everything you've done is really for them the sacrifices that you make is for them because as a young little girl who said who wanted to be a wife with children that's all it was you know um and i appreciate them because i think i have the best daughters anyone could ever ask for i really do so if you don't have children um And, you know, by choice, that's awesome, you know. But remember, you were a child too. (laughs) You were someone's kid. So whoever took care of you and sacrificed their life, appreciate that, you know, and say thank you. Call Call them today. I always give assignments when I do this talk on wisdom. So maybe that would be the assignment today. For the parent, whether you're a godparent, an auntie, an uncle, if you don't have children, there's some child in your family. Just call them and say, you know what? I learned so much from you. Thank you. Thank you for teaching me this latest game or latest dance or this movie. Or what did you think about that movie? And have a conversation with them. For the administrators, wherever you are, healthcare, educational system, political, uh, community-based, local offices, wherever you are, there's always a child. There's always uh, students or young interns. Say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for acknowledging that you wanted to come to this institution or to work or to, to be a student Because without students, there wouldn't be any universities. And without universities, there wouldn't be any professors and so on. The students are the ones who make it happen. Because they want to learn history and they want to learn. It's not about always about getting a degree to make more money. That's not what it's always all about. It's about learning how to do critical thinking, how to think logically, how to navigate this world that we live in, in a successful way. Learning the systems so that we're not caught in some crazy stuff, you know? These professors spend countless of hours researching and sitting down and and doing surveys and doing um, quantitative and qualitative research to make sure that their students are away. Hey, look, this is a formula. You try it. See what what answers you get from there. And and for the student, know that you're appreciated. Know that you're just not a number. Know that you're just not a, a someone's child who's paying a, your tuition bill. Know that even though on the surface it looks like people don't care because you're just a number, there are people who do care, who genuinely care about your safety, about your your needs, about, know that. And 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 if you're not getting that and you're not feeling that, then maybe that's not the school for you. Or you need to express it and say it and get together with other students to say, you know what, enough. Enough is enough. We're paying you so that you could teach us how to be good people. How dare you? And you don't have to be nasty about it either. But know that you have the right to fight back as students. I remember early 90s when I worked at this university, there was a whole uh, student organization and they all got together and they were like, we don't like the way this works. Um, You need to reevaluate this lottery system for housing, right? And it was a room selection process where this uh, particular um, student council got, all got together and the department said, well, what's your suggestion? And they gave the suggestions and they made it happen. They made it happen where um, the the lottery system was really um, geared to a system in as seniors, to select you know what was then available to reselect, and I think that 's awesome I, I think that 's what is missing in today 's um, society when it comes to higher education or anywhere else our our students our young generation they do know how to advocate and and i 've met so many young people through podcasting and I listen to them and and they sound like they are on point with so many things. And I sometimes get upset because there's a lot of older people in office or in positions where they're not listening and they're not advocating for them to have those needs met. And I think it's so important for us as parents, as elders that not only we tell them how the history is and how it should be and how it's never going to change or no we need to encourage them to make those changes that they need for their futures. We had our chance <laughs> really um to make it happen and I'm so proud of the women in this generation where they're just making it happen for themselves. I'm, I'm really so proud Um the young ladies who go out there and find every resource to just go to school, to make something happen. And even if they get married young, they're still making it work for their family unit. No matter what, they got it. They They got their shit together. And I appreciate and I thank those students who do that. Um, who are just not blaming others or complaining or, you know, those days are over. (laughs) We can no longer complain because there's no reason we don't know what's going on. We should know what's going on. Everything is readily accessible. Everything is readily there. I mean, we know news like ever, like never before, you know, someone gets shot and killed, and, and as a celebrity, we know right away before even the the real journalist who has a, a the ability to give out that information. We already know it. Now that's high speed Wi Fi. <laughs> but um, so this uh, upcoming holidays, Thanksgiving, and um Christmas, which is generally the two that are celebrated and um the Jewish holidays as well, that are generally celebrated in November and December. please be mindful that not everyone celebrates these holidays. um some people have changed the names or um we should be thankful every day and and I know those people that are listening now to me know that they're like, oh, yeah. We're thankful every day. Got that right. <laughs> and when it comes to the other holidays, just know that, you know, there's so many different ones within the month of December. Are you would not, if you really lived in New York, you would know. It's <laughs> so like, wait, there's a holiday December 9? What's going on? Every, every day in December is something to do in New York. And I think it's beautiful to embrace those that you celebrate and, 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 and enjoy it. But just be mindful that not everyone, you know, does that. And a lot of people go through depression, invite, invite them, you know, even if it's just for dinner and if they're not, um, you know, acceptance of your invitation, bring them a dish from your country let them taste it ask them hey do you have any on dietary needs or anything because i'm gonna make you some good you know pastelas or something would you like to try a pastel you can always convince people when it comes to food (laughs) food or or uh, music right send them a playlist you know and know that um Everybody should be okay. sorry about that. <laughs> My daughter was asking me what am I ordering for food? <laughs> We're ordering tonight. I apologize. Um speaking of food. <laughs> um so she's leaving the household next week and um uh, it's been tough um because it was last minute, but I'm extremely proud and it was not easy um raising two girls in new york city in the bronx um and i didn't do it by myself you know some people are like oh my god how did you do it by yourself and it's a lot it's a lot of work but it's doable um when i raised my two daughters um i was working full time in one job part time in another um managed to be the president of the PTA for, so they're four years apart. President of the PTA for one school and SLT, which is School Leadership Team representative for the other school because the youngest one, she was in a magnet school. And on top of that, um, was an activist um, in our union from work. So between that And the two jobs, full-time, part-time, and being a parent, um, when everything was said and done and completed, (laughs) I I found myself like, oh, snap, what do I do now? (laughs) And what is my purpose? And it wasn't that I I lost myself um, because ultimately... ultimately um i lost my thought but that's okay <laughs> oh doing all of it you know um i was talking to hakeem um earlier this week i guess yesterday or sunday maybe um about being a bouncer and security and i did that part time to ensure that i ended up saving money um, so that job that part-time job that I did was to save money for myself and my two daughters to go on a trip somewhere every year. like extra money, yeah. And then um if you haven't heard my other talks about the author Mac and the uh, Booker T Washington uh people who were mentors in my life who taught me about Investing money at the age of twenty, um, I wouldn't have been able to retire or pay for my children's tuition for college. And I think it's important for us when we come to platforms as this one, like Wisdom, that we are um, repeating ourselves to make sure that people. I'm going to have someone in in my panel that's going to discuss the transitioning of traditional um, investing and into crypto and Bitcoin and what does that look like for people like myself who don't understand it. Um, So I think it's important for us to, if we're not parents and we're working on it, that it's okay to do research now (laughs) about what's that going to look like What is education system is going to look like in the next 30 years? What is the labor movement going to look like in the next 30, if there even is going to be one? You know, we need to conduct our own research and have conversations with people. Um, You know, it's not always about selling and buying. What is that going to look like? You know, so I think it's important as parents and administrators and students to look at those things. When I started working at the university that I worked for 32 years ago, we had one typewriter. (laughs) The fax machine wasn't even like something known. The Xerox machine, yeah, that was there but everything was manual. I was a dispatcher, my first position, well, actually I was a key control clerk, right? So we had manual keys in 1990 and there was no World Wide Web. There was just an operator. (laughs) The university had what, 25 operators? They went from operators to no operators and just go to the website. Isn't that crazy? And when I talk to students and they're like, you've been here 32 years, (laughs) they're so sweet. And then they think about like, wow, that's older than me. That's more than like, you must be like my parents' age and grandparents, who knows, right? And I tell them, yeah. And you know what? Everything was manual. Students had to wait online we had your application on a paper we used to mail you the application and wait for for you to mail it back <laughs> that's how it used to work we had mailboxes for you you know now they just get packages and and the packages tracked on their mobile device <laughs> so yeah so we didn't have um we did have like a database computer, you know, where we can find information on the student and, you know, build them and stuff like that. But that was a black and white screen, bigger than, I guess, a portable air conditioner. <laughs> it was like the size of a portable air conditioner. Um, but they get fascinated by the thought of someone who's been there for 32 years, even even the the newer administrators. I'm like, oh wow, hmm. how, was, how did this work before and why did this change? So within the 32 years I've learned that there's policies and procedures that were specifically implemented because of a tragic event or something that students collectively wanted to change or workers wanted to change. You know and everything should change and i think in most cases in a lot of cases the curriculum is changing throughout the united states i don't know if it's going to be for the better um, but hopefully it will be for the better i mean i don't know where we're at in education but i know we're not up there up there I know that but um we could do better And we should do better. We should not allow our tax dollars to be recruited to students in other countries. Because those students who have the money to earn an education uh, that's like exceptional, then get to come here. And because they have money get an Ivy League degree where they can go back and to, and then our kids are left hanging. So does that mean that they're double dipping? Could be. They're double dipping because our tax dollars goes into federal, a percentage goes into federal grants where the workers bust in our asses to work, come in nine to five, whatever. And then, you know, The students um, pay taxes, the parents pay taxes, and, you know, um, even when it's scholarships, they're only gonna get the scholarship for the tuition part, not necessarily for everything else. And if you ever had your child or if you've gone to college yourself, you know that everything else is probably more money than the tuition itself. All those additional fees. When I started working there, there was only like one additional fee. It was like $10 (laughs) and like administrative fee was called. Now I look at a bill and I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) What is this? Facilities fee, technology fee, language fee, books fee, library fee, fitness fee. It's like health insurance fee. Like it's out of control and run like a business. So if we're running it like a business, then why is it that only those schools get to have students who are extremely successful? And maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Most of these students, I don't know what they do when they graduate. But some of them make it like top paying dollars because they know somebody who knows somebody or the legacy. So their parents own companies and they have to go with the new and upgrade and evolve their that company. And it's what they call here, you know, the endowment and old money. It's just sustain the rich to stay richer. But it is what it is. Again a special reminder to parents, administrators and students that um this is a very sensitive time, and post COVID, it looks very different. Um, at least from my observation, um, some of us have may forgotten, may have forgotten that you know, some of these kids just weren't out there for two years, and they don't really know the dangers that are out there when it comes to having fun. You know. And we just need to let them have fun, but have the conversation with them about what that looks like and how we worry. Because it is a different world out there right now. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. (laughs) And uh, it just looks very different. I mean, I know I grew up in a war zone, a drug war zone in the 80s in New York with the crack and and the shootouts, and the gangs, and it's just chaotic, and a lot of people left New York because of it, but is it the same now as it was in the 80s? Probably not, you know, it's not that dangerous, but it is different, and it feels, in my heart, spiritually, it just feels different, and that concerns me. Because it's not even about shootouts anymore or anything like that. It's about medication and mixing that with alcohol or, you know, people doing stuff to other people to get what they want. It's just insane, the stuff that I hear. So um, have a conversation. If you're a godparent or an uncle or an aunt, have that conversation with your student or just your kid or... Your neighbor, if if you feel that that kid is coming home alone every day, give him a chess uh, set. I remember I got a chess set when I was young from a neighbor. And he taught me how to play chess. Every day he took time to each piece on the board. He took time to show me and strategically show me how to play chess. Who else does that? Do that if you know how to play chess. Take, you know, hey, you know, I know you don't celebrate holidays or anything like that, and I don't know when your birthday is, but look, I got you a chess game. And if you know how to play, great, because a lot of kids learn how to play it online. They're like, oh, I don't want that board with the pieces. I'm gonna lose that stuff. I <laughs> just do it online. No, let show them the the pieces and how amazing it is to just do it. And that's one thing that I love about New York. When you go to the parks, public parks in New York, they create these tables that already has the chess and checkerboard um, imprinted on it, you know, through the concrete. They make it out of stones. And I don't know if... I've seen that recently now that I think about it, but that should be back. And you will see the elders, you know, teaching the young ones. And there's, there was a place and I can't remember if they took it off post COVID, but it was like a whole row of these tables where people just sit and and do challenges on the street. You know what? That's not a bad idea. I should go <laughs> and send an email to have that done so the kids can, can learn how to play chess and just provide the pieces where they can go to a bodega and just get the pieces for free. What's <laughs> the big deal? I mean, what else can they do with chess pieces other than learn how to play the game, right? Um, maybe have them an edible candy with. They can later on just eat it or something. I don't know. I'm always coming up with some great ideas. But yeah, like that, that is something to think about. You know, uh, students, um, even though we have a state of the art game room now, students spend more time playing pole and pinball, uh, not pinball, the, the, what's that called? The one with the paddle and the, and the ball paddle ball (laughs) they spend more time in that lounge and so much fun and I think that's how many of them like that's their stress reliever just going in that lounge and playing pool and um paddle ball they love that get that for your student too if you have it already awesome if you don't um In New York State, we have a big thing now where we're um after the King Richard movie with uh the Williams sisters um they're implementing a lot of free tennis um they're redoing the whole uh public school uh yards into ensuring that there's a tennis court in each one of them. I think that's amazing and that's awesome. And those are the things that we need to be focusing on our local community based um, areas and making sure that our kids are safe and that they have the ability to go to a dance school. And if they can't physically make it there, that there's an option virtually for free dance courses. I'm sure you can find one. I'm sure there's one, a person here on Wisdom that offers it for free. <laughs> um, and if there isn't, um, I will have a talk soon on November 15th on the my website platform, www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. With my former instructor for my dance school, I used to be a dancer, folklore. And folklore is just basic traditional dances from other South American countries and in other um, countries within Africa. So um, I think that's going to be a great talk because um, usually my podcast relates to people telling us their story how they migrated in the united states and what that looked like for them and what is their purpose here and how are they going to fulfill that purpose and my purpose on the podcast is to help them market their business or market there for free it's a community community-based um podcast to give back um and I came to wisdom to just tell you my experience in working for a university for 32 years, which includes a lot of things. Like I, I can spend years talking about my time there um, from from my experience on September 11 to the first building burning down to, you know. All kinds of tragic events that occurred in the third two years that I've been there. The the smell of walking into a library that's older, more than a hundred years old. The books, the f- the way they feel, the the information that's in there that's not available to just anyone. And for those of you who do work in universities and you've never taken the chance or the opportunity to walk in an archive, landmark <laughs> library, please do so. It's, um, Hakeem and I were talking about that, uh, yesterday or Sunday, where he has a whole selection of books. And I'm like, that's just something you need to share with people, you know? Um, I think it's amazing I also have a good friend who has a, a, I mean wall-to-wall books and he just hasn't had the chance to get them together and and put them in a safe place and sometimes I get mad at him I'm like yo start getting your books together like collect them and put them in a place where it's nicey store to open up a place where you can actually secure it and make sure that the place is fireproof and you know I know it's gonna be costly but so many books are being uh, removed from schools. So you know but I think it's uh it's good. It's good that um we have people who still value um history value books and that value the young students who are learning how to rule the world (laughs) and govern this world moving forward and we need to make sure that we take care of them as much as we are in our hearts hoping that they will take care of us as the elders, you know? Um, That's another tradition and another talk. But I will leave you with that because it's going to be six o'clock and we're going to have dinner with the family. And um, thank you so much. And again, do you know what your assignment is for tonight? (laughs) Well, if you forgot or you just walked in, your assignment for today is to remind yourself that no one celebrates the things that you do. And it's okay. And not everyone celebrates American holidays like you do. And that is okay. So your assignment is to learn what other cultures do on a day like today, regular day. And what do they eat? What would be a good gift to give that kid that you see every day walking by himself to and from school? Would it be a chess game? Would you teach him how to play it? If he's not interested, ask him, hey, what are you interested in? And, Do a community, start a community-based thing where you are engaging in having a um, community-based, you know, care, (laughs) that you care about where these kids are going and, and what they're doing and making sure that they're okay. And if you work for a university, just say, hello, how you doing and how can I help you? And whatever it is that they say or whatever, just know that there's midterms is very stressful for one. And anything you say can make an impact. Sometimes negative, but many times positive. And it's not that you need to censor yourself, but sometimes we need to go beyond and and feel like it's okay you're gonna be good i got you need anything else you need more toilet paper (laughs) whatever it is because sometimes they will use all these other things as an excuse for for their stress they will say that it's the the mouse in their room they will say that it's the heat excessive heat they will say that their window didn't work all semester and that's why they failed their courses and it's not our obligation to make it better for them, So why not? Why not make it better for them? We can. Because sometimes I feel that they do it for us. They know that we may be going through stuff, you know, especially when you tell them you've been there for 32 years, they're like, Oof. ouch, how did you make it? <laughs> Oh, I ask myself that every day. But again, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to follow me or visit my website at www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. And don't forget to make sure that you enjoy Mr. Icon World, Icon, who is also known as Ronald Smith, here on Wisdom. Make sure you follow him and make sure you follow Soulful Renee and Urban Critic who invited us to come here to wisdom and I'm so grateful for that so I'm hoping that my talk has been useful for you and that um, if you have any questions feel free to reach out send me a message and I'll reach I'll make sure I get back to you have a good night